Hey, folks, welcome to the Ivy League Hoops Hour, where we cover all things men's basketball in the ancient eight. I am your co-host, Coach Sidney Johnson, former head coach of the Princeton Tigers from 2007 to 2011 and former three-time captain of the Tigers in 95, 96, and 97. I'm joined by my co-host, Coach Lawrence L. Boogie Schuler. Princeton alum and former grad assistant coach, as well as our one and only chief in-game correspondent, John Solomon. Before we get going, folks, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for joining us all season long. This is the season finale, and then there were none. As the Yale Bulldogs saw their season end, Against the Purdue Boilermakers. In resounding fashion, the Boilermakers were pretty strong and powerful in the paint and ran away with a first-round win, although the Bulldogs acquitted themselves well early behind the outstanding individual play of Azar Swain. And the Princeton Tigers, unfortunately, were bounced from the NIT in their first-round game at VCU. Tosan Awoma was brilliant, three assists away from the first triple-double in school history, but the Tigers were fairly cold from outside, and the VCU Rams came away with a double-figure victory. So no more basketball for the Ancient Eight, but unless you've had your head buried in the sand, you know that March Madness is alive and kicking. St. Peter's has caught the country by storm in terms of them working their way into the Sweet 16, knocking off Kentucky and Murray State. Arizona looking good, Gonzaga looking good, Auburn going home early, all kinds of stories going on. Jawan Howard rejoining his team and leading them into the Sweet 16, that is the Michigan Wolverines. So plenty of storylines left in March, and I'm sure that you are tied and locked to your televisions, as we are. But hey, we're covering all things Ivy League basketball, so with myself, Lawrence and John, let's put a bow on this season and get started with our season finale episode. Yale's season comes to an end in the NCAA tournament, um, facing running up against the Purdue Boilermakers and, and pretty much uh, out-muscled, out physical there what did you guys uh were you guys able to catch that game anything that you you take away from that game i thought yale gave them a good 10 minutes but with purdue's speed and size there wasn't a whole lot they could do and afterwards james jones said zach Eady was the second biggest man he'd ever seen in person behind yao ming and i'm not sure how you prepare to get him off the offensive glass yeah, I mean, Yale's front court wasn't, which to me, again, is a, is a wonderful coaching job by by James, that their front court just wasn't the front court that I've coached against or commentated on uh, in years past with the, with the size and physicality. And it's, it's usually like, yeah, they have a good four and five, and then they have good subs off the bench. This year, they were undersized, maybe went to more of a four-guard offense. Matt Noling playing the three or the four. I mean, it is what it is. You just knew that they were going to kind of run up against it. And Purdue, um, I mean, they're massive. Uh, you know, they're huge. But Azar Swain, you know, started the game five for five. It was kind of cool to see him get hot and show people across the country what he could do. But like you said, John, 
you know, inside, you know, just got punished. And ultimately they, you know, they finished the game four for 17 from the field. So, you know, they couldn't use that, that great equalizer to kind of keep themselves uh, close. When we previewed the game with the folks from Hammer and Rails, we talked about other Yale players that could support Swain and who might be some some guys to look out for that could break out because the Bulldogs were going to need it. And unfortunately, there were moments here and there for Matt Noling and for Mahoney off the bench, but there wasn't enough offense around Swain to, you know, once once they got down, like I've said about other teams, once they got down, they stayed down. Yeah, to that point, John, I mean, you know, Swain was the only player in, in double figures and uh, Noling and Jarvis, EJ, they, you know, they got up about 10 field goals each or so, but weren't able to get into double figures. And then you counter that with Purdue taking 33 free throws and 11 offensive rebounds. So, um, yeah, it just was uh, Purdue did what they should do. And, and we saw even the next game where they, you know, find themselves now at the time of this recording into the Sweet 16 with a, an incredible matchup against St. Peter's. How about uh, we swing over to the Princeton Tigers facing off against VCU, a game I thought that the Tigers would return to form in terms of their shooting. VCU runs a, you know, obviously a run and jump, outstanding press, but sometimes they can overcommit. And I just thought the three-point shooting for the Tigers would prevail. And uh, unfortunately, Princeton comes up short by 11 to VCU. Brilliant performance by Tosan once again. Um, but the Tigers come up short 90 to 79. John, what would you take from that one? The outside shooting for the second straight game in a row wasn't there for Princeton. And they hung in. They were within striking distance almost the entire time against what's clearly the top team they would play all season. Like you said, Tosan nearly got a triple-double, came up three assists short. But also in the Ivy League tournament championship game, team didn't get to the line a lot. Tosan was four for 10, and he took 10 of their 11 free throws, and he needed some of those shots from behind the arc to fall, and they did not. Tigers went nine for 26 as a team from deep. I was surprised, although it was it was an odd game because VCU looked like they were in control for much of it, but the Tigers never they never fell too far behind. And so and and you we always we've seen that they're a three pointer or two away from being right back in it. But it just seemed when it would get to eight or nine, the Tigers could get it to four or five but it was hard for them to necessarily get it to a single possession game. And Vince Williams, I'm a big fan of his, covered the A-10 all year long for VCU. You know, he had another double-double, 16 and 10. Brilliant defender, big shots. Ace Baldwin played well. Tigers went to a 1-3-1, which we've known. We've seen them spring that on Cornell. They had Tosan at the top of the 1-3-1. And um, at times uh, it disrupted VCU, but then... Uh, there were some offensive rebound opportunities that were opened up for the Rams. So it just all didn't come together. So now Ivy League play for the 21-22 season on the men's side is all wrapped up. And just as uh, we close out the show and close out the season, you know, any any reflections you guys have? For me, 
two very good teams that represented the league in postseason play and selfishly would have liked a, a little bit more, you know, thought the Tigers might have a run in them for the NIT. A uh, really tough matchup for Yale in the first round, to be honest. I think probably was like the worst matchup they could get, you know, in terms of styles of play and, and the size differential. But two very good seasons there. Penn made a believer out of me when I wasn't on board. You know, I thought they really struggled in the non-conference and they were super young and, and Steve Donahue and the staff just kept them getting better and better. And they, they obviously rode Jordan Dingle and, and Cornell hot start and, you know, made people pay attention all year long in terms of their pace of play and how efficient they were. They were playing super fast, as we talked about, but not turning the ball over high assist numbers. They hit a little bit of a lull in the Ivy League play. And then the coach of the year, Brian Earl, uh, he just kept the big red uh, motivated and playing hard. And they kind of recaptured their groove and got themselves into Ivy Madness, an excellent job by him. So four teams there that have to feel pretty dang good about their body of work. I would say Dartmouth, John, you talked about Dartmouth, the big green, finishing the season very strong, winning four of their last five. Uh, an experienced group there. They have to feel good about how they finished the season and never threw in the towel. And um, and I have to say, I think the Brown Bears are probably looking at this season uh, like a lot was left on the table. Uh, the best, most talented roster that Mike Martin has been able to put together, athletic, hard-playing, defensive-minded, unselfish, Offense came and went at times, but they certainly tried to play well together with a whole lot of talent. And I still don't know how they didn't get into the top four. I'm sure the guys feel that way. Mike Martin feels that way. They probably wanted a whole lot more out of the season. But I think I pointed at, you know, five teams there that I think have to be feeling really good. Those are my initial kind of, you know, spur of the moment uh, right off the top of my head. Reflections. Um, how about you guys? I think it was a good year for the Ivy League. I don't think it was a great year for the Ivy League overall. And I'm curious to see next season, will there be that one standout top 100 Ivy team like we've seen in just about every year the past decade? And if so, who's that going to be? Was that team not Princeton this year? No, they, I mean... They were they hovered around there, but if you look at the top Ivy team in Pomeroy, you know, just about every year since 2011, there's some top 40 teams, top 50, top 60 teams. You have Princeton and Yale differentiating themselves, and then a thick middle with teams three through seven, practically. But there there wasn't that one real you know like i said it was a it was a good season but i don't think it was a a great season and as we touched upon a few times before some of the non-conference wins that seemed especially impressive at the time ultimately were against teams that didn't even make the nit where did princeton finish in in the i'm looking at now they're they're at 107 see yeah they're at 107 and Yale's 146, and then you have Cornell, Dartmouth, Brown, Penn, all within like 20 spots of each other. John, I would argue coulda, shoulda, woulda, but Princeton goes 
two and one versus Yale instead of one and two, and they're at least a top 100. I mean, those those, you know, one if not both of those losses to Yale pulls them down in terms of that that ranking. And I I know that that's that's not saying that they're like those other teams that you talked about, but I I just feel like Princeton looked like a very good basketball team to me all year long, except when they faced Yale. And that's all due credit to James Jones. They also, you know, Cornell played them well. I mean, you're, and that's going to happen. I'm not, they're not invincible. And uh, they certainly don't rank up there with Cornell, whatever that year was, 09 or, or 10. But they, they, they were good. They were, they were good. Transfer portal announcements before postseason games doesn't sit right by me. And I don't know if it's because I'm from a, a time before the transfer portal or what, but it seems that that could wait 48 hours. I, I couldn't agree with more. And I, there's Jalen Llewellyn needs no help in terms of getting his name out. I mean, he is a bad boy. And I don't think. I, I just, to your point, I'm so dead against, like, I don't know why he did that. I just don't know why he did that. He's going to be near the front of the line no matter who decides to transfer. Freiburg, okay, I guess. But at the end of the day, again, your body of work is your body of work. And both of those kids could have easily waited till they were done announced the day after, just like a lot of kids do, and just take their natural spot in the line. Some kids shoot right up to the top because they're that good a player. And other kids just kind of settle in to right where they need to be, which is, oh, okay, he's got some experience. Let me dig a little deeper. Let me look at his synergy clips, make some calls. You know, no one's making any calls on Jalen Llewellyn. They're calling him and saying, hey, do you want to come? So to me, that's just my emotional kind of not fact-based, you know, opinion. My only reasoning for it was, does that turn the NIT game into an audition tape for four players? But at the same time, do you play differently when you know that it's an audition tape? Here are the facts. The facts are... Princeton played VCU, and before the game, four players announced that they aren't returning to that team. And then they all went out and played a game as a unit to try to beat the other team. And they have four guys in that locker room who are saying, it's okay that I'm not going to be here, because that would be like if you were a senior and you were just done, you know, you were finished graduating. But... I'm letting people know that I'm not going to be here such that they might tune in to see what I can do individually. Those are facts. Now, what happens from all that, like how people approach that and do they play more selfishly and or selfishly? I, I can't I'd just be speculating. But those are the facts that you went into a game with a squad of 15 players and four of them are trying to present themselves 
to other school, like are, are raising their hand to say, hey, I'm available. I mean, that, that's, that's kind of tough. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, you know. I don't think that, I mean, at the same time, there was no one out there in that game trying to play hero ball. But at the same time, it just, the whole thing didn't sit right with me. I think as a Princeton basketball person too, and again, these are emotions around. When the kid did it for Yale, Makai Mason. Yeah, that was a totally different, completely unique, and even weirder circumstance where he basically, okay, Baylor, I beat you. I'm coming to play for you in 18 months or whatever. And I don't know how James handled and managed that, but he did. Would it make you guys feel better if these guys declared for the transfer portal in November? We know they're leaving. We get it out of the way. And then your no. feelings aren't hurt before the NIT. No, I want I want them to just I want them to to play the season, all of us together, one unit, and as soon as it wraps, let people know. Okay, you you, you need them to tell you they love you. It's the the, the what are we conversation. Yes, <laughs> and 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 you know to be honest, more their their teammates. That would be my preference. I'm having but, I'm having trouble with this one because, to me, yeah, you know that they're all going, and they're going because they have to go. Even if they wanted to stay, they can't stay. So right. maybe then it's easier in November, but just something about all four of them coming out on Monday in mass just you could have waited thirty six hours, and you would. Well, what if they what if they had won? Then wait another thirty. Seconds. Yeah, like like <laughs> exactly, like, yeah. like they're gonna be a they're gonna be a you know, as seasons end, you're gonna see a a bunch of these. But I think they're all happening after teams years conclude. I don't. Know, it just it just seems like it's the guys are getting recruited now. I oh I know I know and I jobs are open now. No, but I mean ultimately it it doesn't make that much of a difference. But it just. I just didn't like it and I didn't react to it. Like, I mean, I mean, I'm intrigued where they're all going to end up, but it just felt to me like you have more season. So maybe, maybe November would, I, you know, like just being, didn't you just hit it? Didn't you just hit it? Like the two of you just Lawrence, like the fact that isn't it that you have more season. And so it's like, you don't know. It's almost like you were, by announcing that, you're saying, hey, this season's pretty much done. If they did win, you'd want them to wait until after that next game. Well, and then if they won again, you'd want them to wait. Right, exactly. Like, there's something about don't say it before we're done because we're not done yet. But then, Lawrence, I would say, actually, now that I've thought of through, I might be okay with it, saying it in November, actually. Versus, given the given the choice, when you you pose it and you said, would it make you feel better? And actually, now I'm thinking, yes, yes. I'd rather yeah. you do it in November than do it before potentially our last game. And yes. I wouldn't be surprised if they listened to the conventional wisdom of no, 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 just keep waiting. No, no, no. You have games. <laughs> you have games coming up, meaningful games in the regular season. So just wait and wait. 
and it took finally, okay, this is the last week of the season. Guys are getting right. recruited. Right. It's it has to happen eventually. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm actually going one a complete one eighty. Well done, Makai Mason. I'm doing a, a complete one eighty. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like I mean it, that's the story of my life. No respect. I don't got no respect at all. Like, do it before the season. And then let's go play a season together. You know, ideally, just wait till the end of the year, please. But if this is our new world, I'm almost like, hey, man, like, let's just go all the way through with this thing. Yeah, I mean, the more I'm thinking about it, it's either November or it is this repeated can kicking down the line in March. So maybe November is the way to do it if you're doing it again because you know that you can't stay. We're going to play some college basketball pyramid, some Ivy League Hoops Hour pyramid. You guys know the rules for this game, right? You know, Dick Clark was the host. You get to the winner's circle. You have six categories you got to get through. And the guy giving the clues cannot use prepositions. Does this sound familiar? Yes. Yes. All right. So John's going to give the clues first. John, you get my text? I did. Yep. I'm ready. All right. Should we do one minute or do you guys want 90 seconds? Uh, 90 seconds. Uh. I feel good about this. Hold on. Let me just, I want to shut all my other windows. No distractions. I'm ready to play and I'm ready to win. All right. I'll give you a minute and a half. So Dick Clark says, here is your first subject. Go. Things the Ivy League doesn't offer. Scholarships. I would really like a scholarship, but... I can't have one, Coach. Uh, Walker? Uh, uh. Is that good enough? Does that one, he he said two of the words. Does that qualify? Yeah, that, that one's, yeah. You said okay. walk-on, yeah. Birds, okay. airplanes, uh, some feminine hygiene products. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, wings? <laughs> Correct. The the Yao Ming, the the center for Purdue, uh, a wrestler who was the boss man. Um, pass. Uh, okay. Uh, one of them has three eyebrows. It just the third one is over his lip. Uh, they play in Jersey City. Peacocks. Uh, no, no. Um. Uh shoot um 20 seconds uh i'm gonna go back to the other one uh what what did we have we had airplanes birds uh i thought we did that no wings oh did we get that one oh the yeah oh the 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 yao ming king kong uh mount everest uh oh oh. that's time try this one all right how about dartmouth green oh that's good Oh, big. Yeah. Oh. Big yeah, big yeah, boss yeah, man. Yeah, 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 I kind of blew it there. Okay. And then with the okay. St. Peter's players, I, I could only think of one name, and I thought just, we didn't even get to, all right. Do you want to try the last I'm one? I'm going to try the last one just for kicks. Uh, right. Thundering Herd. Dylan. Marshall. Yes. Things that are marshaled. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, well done. <laughs> okay. That's pretty good. Yeah, that was right. fun. I'm, good. I've got one more. Okay. So, Coach, you can give the clue for here. All right. Did the text come through? It came through. No prepositions. 
Oh, my gosh. All right, I've got 90 seconds on the clock. Here is your first subject. Go. Palestra. Quakers. Donahue. Pen? Yes. All right. Um, I don't have... I don't have the same resources as those guys. A mid-major? And I lead the program. So I don't have enough resources as those guys, and I lead this program. Um, Those guys have more than me. I wish I had what they have. Uh, Not Not a player, but a coach? Yeah. Yes. Is that okay? Things a mid-major coach would say. Um, I have a lot of money. I want to give my money a donor to the program. Um, a donor. Um, big wig, I fat lo- cat. Um, and uh, another name for them. Uh, I have another. Um, could be an booster. Alum. Yes. Um, the sun. Uh, a diamond, um, a uh, a reflection from on a window. Um, all right, pass. Um, Ten seconds. Uh, a prospect. Uh, Recruit. Uh, a, a, yes, uh, a contract that's uh, a contract that's coming uh, to oh, a close. Uh, needs, um, to be, uh, needs to be no. resigned. Ah. What did I miss? Right. Well, what was okay. the one with the sun? Uh, um, light? We have one f- NCAA tournament moments. Oh, so so like a shining moment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, Things that, that shine. That's good. Things that shine. Yeah. Yeah, that is good. Um, how about the last one? Um, a contract that's running out. Expiring? Contract with a coach that you want to keep around. That's <laughs> that's cheating. Uh, <laughs> um, a contract, cheating? a courtesy, a accord. Uh, that's a good one. Is this cut an electrical outlet? Cord. An outlet, a cutting, uh, an electrical cord, a contract, a courtesy, a courtesy. Uh, courtesy is throwing me. Um, this is not an easy one. No, um, we're, we're all over the place. All right. So you want to, you want someone to sign a contract, resign. I said that already. It's not sign on the dotted line. Uh, nope. I'm stumped. I'm sorry. Length of length of time. Resign. Um, a length of time. Contract. A, is a period, uh, um, I'm completely stumped here. Things that are extended. Ha! Telescopes. Uh, yeah. Telescopes. That's a good um, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that is very very good, and the clues were excellent. And I'm sorry I wasn't up to the task. <laughs> good job, Lawrence. That was a fun well way done. to finish. That's a good way to go into the offseason, without a doubt. Let's keep our eye on Ivy League news happenings. And uh, like we said, we might have an emergency pod.
but this has been awesome. And uh, obviously, we're going to watch a ton of the games. I want to throw in my non-Ivy League nod, just to be very clear. Shaheen Holloway, head coach of the St. Peter's Peacocks. Outstanding job getting themselves into the Sweet 16. And as John said, we'll be playing and facing the Purdue Boilermakers. I also want to give a spreading the love mention to Carla Barubi, head coach of the women's basketball team at Princeton University. They won only their second program victory in the NCAA tournament in the history of the school on the women's side. And they were a possession away versus Indiana from finding themselves in the sweet 16 for the first time in school history. So just want to acknowledge Abby Myers and uh, their star player, Ivy League Player of the Year, and Carla Berube for the leadership that she's brought to the program, uh, former UConn standout. And I know that we've had fun acknowledging a lot of Ivy League sports and non-Ivy folks, tremendous years that they've all had. And so I just wanted to include that and thank our listeners for joining us each and every week. We're not done yet in terms of hearing from you guys. So just write to us during the off season, please. Ivy league hoops hour at gmail.com. And uh, if there's any topics you think that we should cover, I know we have in our mind uh, possibly trying to get coach Kirill on. Um, and like I said, any other comings and goings during the off season that you think would warrant a great episode. Uh, I know that Lawrence, John and myself will be here. So we'd love to hear from you. Fun while it lasted, guys. Appreciate you so much. Always look forward to having you both back. Uh, we got to run now, I think. Have a nice weekend. For now, Dick Clark. So long.